What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that ought is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! As always, the truth shall set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. The mad ramblings of a Gen Xer. Want to talk about the Biden crime family? Want to talk about visitor logs? We don't need no stinking visitor logs. Uh, Also want to talk about the immigrant issue, illegal immigrant issue that they're having in New York. And The Last of Us, the HBO series... Which is based off the Naughty Dog um, a video game. Yeah, I think there's two of them. There's Last of Us 1 and Last of Us 2. want to do a quick review on that. I want to do a quick spoiler-free review because, you know, it was on last night. And I've, I've played the video games. I've enjoyed both of them, Series 1 and 2. So um, it was kind of an interesting perspective. But I want to talk about Joe Biden, of course, because more documents are being found. More documents are, more documents are being found within his home, unsecured. Just kind of out and about, hanging around. Hey, what's that? Oh, those are the nuclear codes. Just tuck that back under the Bible. Everything will be fine. And I love it because even House Dems are coming out and saying, no doubt that the Biden classified document scandal is an embarrassment. But of course, we had the one Democratic senator who said that they were a Russian plant. The one that I added the Russian plant, but they were these documents were planted. They were planted and, you know, to, to make Joe look bad. Joe doesn't need any help looking bad. He can look bad all on his own. And I love it because Joe just, he just keeps digging a hole for himself. And he has this, this unwavering ability to just continue to lie and make stuff up. <laughs> just, I mean, he, he, te- he, every time he tells a story, everyone has to go back and look and say, Joe, that, 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 that never really happened. <laughs> you were never a truck driver. You're not Irish. Your, your wife is not Irish. <laughs> I mean, there is a plethora of things that he likes to lie about. And so why should we have any belief that he is doing what he's saying that he, he is doing? Why? <sighs> Because of the fact that he is just go- he is just going to lie about it. And the fact that you even have the Morning Joe show, at which I didn't even know was still on on MSNBC, calling him out. Calling him out. Calling him amateur hour. You know, they just keep finding things. He goes, no more unknown. No more unknown. And at this stage, we're two months in. They need to clean this up. Amateur hour is over. They have completed the transparency, and they're just mishandling it from day one. This is from Joe Scarborough, the, fir- the former, uh, the former Republican, uh, former former Republican congressman. And he, the, even the acknowledge, the, excuse me, even the White House acknowledged on Saturday that five more classified records were found at the Wilmington home of the president, 
bringing the total of discovered alone last week at the residence to six. Other sets of documents were located uh, in his home garage last month and at the Penn Biden think tank. But don't worry, there's no more. <laughs> no mas, no mas. There's no more. And this administration likes to talk about transparency. This administration likes to talk about everything that they have done that, that the previous regime hasn't done. And it's always about transparency. So you would find it interesting that, uh, you know, for the amount of time that he spends in Wilmington and the amount of visitors that come into Wilmington and the, the, the fact that classified documents were discovered there, you would think they would be an investigation into the visitors that have met with him at Wilmington. Wait for this. <laughs> I'm going to use a cesur with this dramatic pause. There are no visitor logs for President Biden's home in Delaware, even though he is conducting official U.S. business there. And this comes out from the White House Counsel Office, which they said on Monday. And it, I, I don't know. <laughs> how, how, how do you not have a visitor log? Now, the White House Chief Counsel's Office told Fox Digital on Monday, like every president of decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. But upon taking office, President Biden restored the norm and tradition of keeping White House visitor logs, including published them regularly after previous administration ended, which they didn't. But that's OK. We don't want to talk about that yet. We don't want to get into that. But the problem is he's independently c conducting business at his residence because he spends most of his time there. The Secret Service also stated on Sunday that while detail is assigned to his home, they do not keep visitor records. But don't worry, those classified documents are safe. <laughs> well, they're in the garage next to the Corvette. Because where else would they be? I always keep my, you know what I always do? I have to admit, I always keep all like my uh, official documents to deed to my house. Um, you know, all, all, where all my money is kept. Everything. I keep them in, in the garage next to my car. Oh, my God. Another spokesperson for the Secret Service also says, we don't independently maintain our own visitor logs because it's a private residence. But you're conducting official business, official U.S. business at this private, excuse me, private residence. And I love it because you have the, what's his name, James Comer uh, from Kentucky, the Republican representative. He is now the chairman of the House Oversight, uh, Oversight and Accountability Committee has demanded to see the residence log on Saturday. Sunday, what he says is, given the serious national security implications, the White House must provide Wilmington's residence visitor log. This is what he wrote to the chief of staff, Biden's chief of staff. As a chief of staff, you are the head of the executive office of the president and bear the responsibility to be transparent with the American people on these important issues related to the White House handling of these matters. But don't worry, Merrick Garland's got this. <laughs> you, I wouldn't trust this guy to open up a bag of peanuts, let alone have being able, have the ability to to tap a special counsel and to do anything that he needs to do. But that's but you know, but don't worry, <laughs> don't you worry. The documents were secured in the garage next to the Corvette. I'm going to say this one time, one time again. They were secured. In the garage next to the Corvette. Corvette, nothing to see here. But that's okay. Remember, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. And I love it because, and they all, and I love because the White House likes to talk about, well, his lawyers discovered among the personal and political papers a small number of additional Biden, Obama, Biden administration records that were marked classified. 
Why, if you are moving documents, would you send lawyers to this office if you if you thought nothing was wrong? Why would you do that? Just out of curiosity, why wouldn't you just have, you know, call up your buddies, have some people come and help you move some stuff? You know, call 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 up Adam Shift. <laughs> Not Adam Shift. Adam Shift is the uh, guy from Law and Order. <laughs> I can't think today because th- this is just this just drives me crazy. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Because you have people that are sitting there and all they're doing is defending him. All they are doing is saying that he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong whatsoever. But they keep just finding documents. And when when Republicans, excuse me, when Democrats start coming out of the woodwork and saying, yeah, you know what, this is kind of bad, Joe. You keep telling me that there is there is nothing going on here, but for some unknown reason, there's something going on here. Speaking of things going on here. You have a lot of immigrants that are transported, they're being transported over to New York City. And New York City and Mayor Adams is saying, well, you know what? We really can't handle this influx of immigrants, illegal immigrants. Let's be honest about it. They're illegal. But El Paso and these border towns, they, you know, they could take the, hunt, the tens of thousands of people coming in a month a day, but they can take it. But, you know, you ship like 600 of them over to New York. No, no, no. The system's full. Sorry, the system's full. And I love it because what what does New York do? What is the brilliance of New York? Because this is being paid by the government, but this is being paid by taxpayer dollars. They're putting a lot of these immigrants up in hotels, sometimes $500 a night hotels. Now, needless to say, we are not taking care of our our own homeless population. We're not taking care of our homeless veterans. We're not doing any of these things, but we're putting these guys up and guys and gals up in these hotels that some are worth $500 a night. The New York Post did a little bit of an expose. And the expose was basically showing that a lot of these illegal immigrants are drinking all day and having sex in the stairwells at these, tax, at these taxpayers funded hotels and just throwing food out. They're saying that there is chaos in some of these in some of these places caused by the immigrants who've been drinking and have been smoking marijuana and consuming drugs. Now, this was from an employee at the row one of New York's best-known hotels. And basically, this guy became a whistleblower, and he had actually posted photos and videos of trash rooms and fresh food just rotting. Okay, we are feeding, we are clothing, we are housing these people, and they are letting food rot because they don't want to eat it. No, no, no. We're coming here illegally, but we don't want to eat the food. He also said that the row is struggling with domestic violence among immigrants, young people having sex in the stairwell, and fights between the immigrants and hotel security officers. Now, he shared a video of fresh food sitting out to rot in trash bags because the immigrants don't want it. Why don't the immigrants want this? Because they are cooking illegally on hot plates. Now, we're not, we're not casting a wide net and saying that all the immigrants are those, but they are cooking illegally on hot plates. Think about that for a minute. We are wasting food on these people. And the problem is we could be giving this food. Why haven't we been giving this food to homeless shelters? Why haven't this, why hasn't this food begun, been given to feed our own homeless population and take care of the people that are living on the streets now? Why do we have to just give this to illegal immigrants? Why? Could someone explain it to me? 
I'll, I'll, I'll just sit here because I just want to be. Lying in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. I want to be a fly in the ointment in this hotel because I want to see what's going on. More than 36,000 immigrants have come to New York in the last few months and have been housed at just 14 hotels. 14. Now, the guy that's the whistleblower, his name is Felipe Rodriguez, explained that the employees have lost control of the hotel, and he said the immigrants have started to believe they own the place. There's no accountability, he said. No accountability. Rodriguez said that he has struggled since 2000, in 2007 to pay his car, his gas electric, but the immigrants have none of these responsibilities. Now, this is a guy... Felipe Rodriguez. So it's not like you're sitting there going, well, he's he's got an axe to grind because he's some white guy, some some racist, because we all know white people are racist. We all know that there's a rule. There's a Democratic there's a Democratic rule book that all white people are racist. But he's saying that there was a lot of stuff that I had to be responsible for. Unfortunately, for these immigrants, they got the government of the United States to hand them carte blanche to pretty much do as they wished. They go in and out of the hotel at will. Are any of these, where are these people looking for jobs? He says there are sick people in the hotel that are spreading all types of illness from chickenpox to COVID. So you're spreading chickenpox in the hotel? And then this, the row is like a $500 a night hotel. And he says, but no one's speaking out against the immigrants' abuse of the hotel and its employees. The ones that have all the power are the immigrants. Hotel workers lost power. You 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 decide that you're going to have these people just show up. And then you have to feed them. Then you have to clothe them. Then you have to put their kids in school. Then we have to have, we are all of a sudden as taxpayers responsible for them. I'm responsible for my own children. I am not responsible for other people who have come into this country illegally, who the majority of the asylum claims will be denied if they show up to court, which they don't. Mayor Adams says immigrants have been given the false impression about what to expect in New York City. Really? Because what I'm seeing is, now this is what he's saying why he's visiting El Paso. He did not get the cleansed version of El Paso like Biden did. He's, 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 he's talking about it. So we've learned today, which was very informative, that's why it was important to come here, that there are websites that are advertising New York City. Basically, the streets are paved with gold. Well, it sounds like it is. That's their automatic employment that you're automatically going to live in a hotel. Well, where else are you putting them? Hey, Mayor Adams. There's a conversation among those who are asylum seekers or immigrants who have given false impressions that if they come to New York City, everything is fine. We have to give people accurate information. Well, stop putting them in hotels and stop giving them all the food. And how about you make them work? How about you make them work in the hotel? I saw some of these photos of these trashed rooms with tons of Corona bottles everywhere. But that's, we don't want to, we don't want to sit there and we don't want to scold them because they're here illegally. So, and they have evidently more rights than citizens who live here who are homeless right now than they do. We're not going out right now and giving the homeless people $500 rooms. No, but we're going to put these guys, we're going to put these guys and gals up for months. During Sunday's press conference, of course, Adam said said cities taking on immigrants like New New York, El Paso, Washington, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles don't deserve to shoulder the burden. You know what's funny? El Paso is not taking over, is not taking on immigrants. They're invading El Paso. They're invading El Paso. 
And then Adams comes out and says that uh, New York City has 26,000 immigrants in its care. 30,100 immigrants arrived in the last week and a half. The services provider a wide range. You notice, yes, you're giving them carte blanche. But you know what? Don't compare yourself to El Paso who's on the front line. If you are not on the front line, shut up. How about that, Mayor Adams? Put these people to work. Deny their asylum claims. Do you know what? You know what's the easiest thing to do is just sit there and use the laws that are currently on the books to expedite the expulsion of these people because they're false claims. You talk to you hear the these interviews with the immigrants and they don't talk about how they are going to be persecuted. They're going to be in prison. They're going to be jailed. They're going to be murdered. They're going to be lined up and shot. Now you don't hear that. They're here. They're looking for work. They want to go live with some family. They want to go live the good life. That's what you hear. You don't hear about the horrors. And that's what an asylum claim is, that you have to be in an immediate physical danger, not just because you want a job and you want to have a better life and you want to live off the system. Done with this bullshit. So there's a TV show. It's on HBO. I don't know. I, I get HBO Max. I don't have cable. And it's called The Last of Us. And it's a show that is off the Naughty Dog game, uh, The Last of Us, of course. <laughs> and there's Last of Us 1, there's Last of Us 2. And it's an interesting concept because of the fact that, not to give too much away, um, and the guy that's the Mandalorian is the lead in this show, uh, Pablo Pl- Pi, I don't remember his name. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting concept, especially since you're going through COVID and everything else that we've been going after the last couple of years, because it's it's about... Um, of not a virus. It's it's about an airborne fungus or spores that actually attack the nervous system of their host, and they don't let the host die. It's not like a zombie thing. It doesn't let the host die. It keeps the host alive, so we can go out and feed and do everything. And they started in 1968, where um, a scientist is explaining that uh, you know a global pandemic is not going to be what's going to bring down the the population. It is going to be the spores because and he go and it's a beautiful, succinct um, setup to the show itself. And I I was I was interested to find out are interested to watch after playing the video game, how true in some regards to the game that, um, that HBO, when they produced this, how true to the game they followed. Now it, it's, it's, it, I don't like I said, I don't want to get into it cause I want people to watch it first, but it's a de- the, the opening 40 minutes, it's a devastating story. It really is. It's, it's uh, the first episode is an hour and 20 minutes long, but the first, I would say 40 minutes, which is the buildup of the, uh, I, I don't want to, it's not an it's not a pandemic, it's not an epidemic, because you don't know what it is at first. But that buildup is just heart-wrenching. And I forgot how heart-wrenching it was when you played the game, because they pretty much followed the same, you know, they followed the same storyline. Now, The Walking Dead, if you ever watched The Walking Dead, I watched like the first five se- seasons of The Walking Dead, then I stopped watching it. They, at times, would deviate from the graphic novel. But in the first three, four seasons, they kind of stayed true to form. And it was such a great story. Now, I kind of hope after watching some of the previews from The Last of Us that they are going to do the same thing, that they are going to follow the 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 guideline of the game itself, because the game was such a um, if you played the game, you know, the story. So it, it shouldn't really shock you. But I mean, there was so much melodrama in the game itself. 
and even in the, the Last of Us Two, so I assume there's going to be a second season because there was a second game. Um, there was such a it's such a it's such a drama that it really is. I mean, a lot of times when you see games that are turned into movies, I, I initially I think of Doom and Dwayne Johnson before it became really Dwayne Johnson was one of the leads in Doom was which was horrible. Uh, Uncharted just recently. That's a PlayStation uh, original game. Um, Mark Wahlberg and the guy that was Spider-Man's in that. Um, that was another game. I mean, it was a good movie, but you know, I don't think it held true to uh, to what's his name, Nathan Lane or Nathan Allen. I can't remember the guy's name in the game. Um, but they didn't really throw. They didn't really hold true to the story. But like I said, the first forty-five minutes and it's an hour and twenty minutes of The Last of Us. They really followed the story and, and they told it so well and it was so well done for a TV series, even, even visually that I, I like I said, it was, I was, I've been waiting for it to come out uh, because I, I, like I said, I, I am a big proponent of the, I don't watch a lot of television. I'll, I'll tell people, people that know me know that right off the bat. I don't really don't watch a lot of TV and it's not that I think I'm better than TV and I sit there and read cause I don't, I watch movies. I like to play video games. I'm an older guy, but I still like to play, you know, certain types of games that, uh, you know, like puzzle type games and games that make you think and things like that. And I like old movies. Well, not even old movies because <laughs> going back to the 80s there, I guess those would be old movies. So I you know, like, so I don't really watch television. I don't have a show. I mean, I, I my son likes watching the stuff on Disney Plus, but I, I can't say I have a show. And since The Walking Dead, and I think I may have had I after this first episode. And it comes out every Sunday at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I'm hoping that I have a show now. But like I said, if you get a chance, if you get an opportunity to watch The Last of Us, it was, and even if you don't know the video game, it's such a good story and it's so well told that I really think people will do who are just not, you know, you may never even heard of the video game, but I think the people that are just into horror, of course. And a really great story. We'll really enjoy it. I got to give two big thumbs up to uh, to everyone over at HBO. Because like I said, it was awesome. It was fantastic. I can't wait till next Sunday. And you know what? Uh, it's just another day, guys. It's just another day. Just another moment in time. And again, this is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. The Mad Realmies of a Gen Xer. I've said it once. I'm going to say it a million times. The truth shall set you free. And I'm out of here.